This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I'm Jason Whitlock, your host. Thank you for joining me. Happy Tuesday. Great show planned for you today. Uh, Shamika Michelle is going to join us. Uh, I want to tell you guys, this episode is sponsored by Covenant Eyes. Get started on your path to recovery and visit Strive21.com to sign up for free today. That's Strive21.com. Sign up for free today. Uh, we're going to uh, bring in uh, Shamika Michelle after I set the table uh, for today's conversation. Uh, it's about Black History Month and why I believe Black History Month is a myth uh, and is something that is being used to divide us. It's very divisive. Th that, that I have clearly not always believed that as a young person and even as an adult. I thought Black History Month was necessary and then I probably moved to harmless, to now I have moved to, no, it's divisive, it's anti-unity, uh, it's, it's promotion of an idol, skin color being that idol, and that American history covers black history when told properly. And the left, and progressive have, have used Black History Month to convince black people that our history and our narrative and our role in American society is to be a victim. Is our history is actually the oppression that we face, not the accomplishments and or contributions that we have made. Black History Month is not a celebration of uh, the great contributions Frederick Douglass, Booker T. Washington, or even a Martin Luther King made to American society. Black History Month is a chance for people to run around and pretend like, oh, I can't believe this or that person did X, Y, and Z on the third day of Black History Month or in the middle of Black History Month. I'm going to give you an example of how Black History Month is used to divide and justify an anger and a resentment. And this is just, <laughs> it's, th this example is humorous and silly and stupid. And it, it's, it's, but let me just show you <laughs> what it is I'm talking about. Uh, the New York Times, wrote an article about the popularity of Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs tight end's buzz haircut, his fade. And they said that men 
are going into barbershops saying, hey, give me the Travis Kelsey haircut. This is in a barbershop. This is to be expected. Travis Kelsey is a NFL superstar. He's on the verge of winning his third Super Bowl. He's considered arguably the greatest tight end in NFL history. And he's dating the biggest pop star on the planet at the moment, Taylor Swift. And so it should not be surprising that white boys around America are saying, man, let me get the look that Travis Kelsey's got. Travis Kelsey's hooked up with Taylor Swift. He's a football icon. He's, you know, this again, this is why they got Travis Kelsey out here promoting the vaccine and the jab because they feel like he can influence American men to take the vaccine or the jab. And they would point to the fact that, like, oh, Travis Kelsey's haircut has been become popular with white dudes, and they're now going to the barbershop and asking for the Travis Kelsey haircut, get me a fade. New York Times, an uh, organization I don't care much for, every reason to write this story. It's a nice little fun, harmless story. But because we're in racial idolatry month, because we're in black history myth, because uh, many content creators feel like uh, the thing to do is pretend like at all times black people are victims and things are being stolen from us, Shannon Sharp and Ocho Cinco went, <laughs> went on their nightcap deal and we'll just play a short little excerpt highlight from Shannon and, and, and Ocho talking about Travis Kelsey. I believe it's SOT number six. Let's play the clip. The New York Times began Black History Month by referring to the fade as the Travis Kelsey. The local barber said the guys come in and want the same style and even come in with a picture of Trav. Ocho, I've been getting a, I've been getting a fade since 86. Wait, he don't have a fade. He got a buzz cut like when you go to the army. Bro, how did, bro? Right? They just, they just, they cha they changed it up, huh? I mean, so New York Times, so that's how you start black history. Giving Trav, and that's my nephew, you're going to give him credit for the fade. But we, we've been seeing the fade for years, huh? Who wrote that? New York Times. Send him a nice letter. Who? I mean, but there's a specific. I need the writer who actually wrote it. I mean, I need to. I need to write him a nice little letter. I want to know what bar, what barbershop they going in saying. Oh, let me get to Travis Kelsey because any black any black person already know what a fade is. Most of yeah. the time, if you got a fade, hey, uh, you uh, you want you want to clean it up? Yep. Just give me what I normally get. Yeah, clean me up. Line me up. Line me up a little bit. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I just. Were they, were they crazy, huh? That's, that's, that's what they do, though. So they call it. They, they, hey, let, let me. Hold on. Ocho, let me get a Kelsey. I got that full metal jacket. I'm trying to figure out what black barbershop you go in and say, let me get a Travis Kelsey. They're about to look at you like, what? A who? <clears throat> so. These are two athletes, two professional athletes, great athletes. Get, and I've told you that, you know, uh, Shannon Sharp has some broadcasting talent. 
like what he's doing with Club Shay Shay, like what he's doing with the nightcap. But then he'll skid off the road like he did here. Look, man, black people are 13% of the American population. That means 87% of the rest of the American population gets their hair cut too. And 60% of the American population, I believe, is white. And white men get their hair cut too. And they've been getting a fade and a buzz cut 1920s, 30s. The military, I believe, started instituting the buzz cut, the fade in the 1930s or 40s. And so we have Shannon Sharp. And again, this is the cosplay that we're baited into and we use Black History Month as the justification. Bruh, can you believe this? Oh, I can't believe they did. And he's, he's a victim because the New York Times is talking about what, let, let's say, because if black people are 13% of the American population and black men are uh, 50% of that 13%, so we're six and a half percent of the population. Black men are getting fades. Uh, if you're 30 or some sort of haircut, not the fade, because again, you got all these crazy hairstyles and people blah, blah, but six and a half percent. So if 60% of America is white, that means 30% of America is white dudes. They get haircuts too, and have been for as long as we've been getting haircuts. And to run around and pretend like someone invented, black, white, whomever, invented some sort of haircut and that somehow if someone else references that haircut, you're stealing credit from black people. Is, is that really important? Is that really connected to black history, the fade haircut? Should, is, is, should that be taught in some school? Are we that shallow and stupid? But this is the kind of idolatry and division and, and false emotions and cosplay that Black History Myth Month promotes. This is why racial idolatry, why idolatry is not good. And this is why running around defining yourself and defining your identity as black is not healthy. It will make a fool out of you. It will make you care about things that are completely meaningless and nonsensical. Those are two athletes, Jamel Hill, allegedly a former journalist or a journalist, someone that's supposed to be somewhat of a political intellectual, a public intellectual, someone who's supposedly graduated from journalism school and has some journalism credentials. She tweeted out, uh, the New York Times thinks that Travis Kelsey invented the fade. And that's not what the New York Times argued for one. When you have zero cultural competency on your staff, this is how you end up with stories like this and explaining swag surfing, which is at least 15 years old. She was responding to, I believe, a Matt Walsh tweet, or responding to the New York Times, but Matt Walsh tweeted out, Europeans have worn braids for hundreds of years. White guys have had buzz cuts since the electric trimmer was invented by a white guy. Once again, claims of cultural appropriation are only ever made by people who think world history began 
about 30 years ago. So Black History Month and this whole woke mindset, that's about 30 years <laughs> in the making. That, that this whole mindset that uh, black history is attached to things stolen from us or some sort of oppression, this is preposterous. This is dangerous. This is stupid. But this is what Black History Month has begun. It has programmed black people for anger and to find defense. It's programmed us to, sink, to seek empathy and pity at every turn. And so people run around not feeling any gratitude for the right, the privilege, the freedoms of being an American citizen, we've been programmed, and Black History Month just part of the programming, for, for black people to see their identity as, am I able to recognize, point out, and speak out against some offense that has been done to me? Some, some grievance I have. The blackest thing I can do is show how mad I am at some slight. No matter how big, no matter how little, if I can show that I'm angry and offended by something that white people allegedly did, that defines me as black. This is crazy. This is a mind virus. I think Elon Musk calls it the woke mind virus. This is a mind virus that has been given to black people. Instead of looking out at the world and seeing opportunity and hunting on a desperate hunt for opportunities to be successful, to enjoy American freedom, instead of opportunities to, to express and show gratitude, we've been programmed to seek out anger an offense and find any way possible to, again, it's almost like racism, and I think I've said this before, it's like racism is Bigfoot. It's some elusive, crazy thing that, I, there was a sighting of racism. The New York Times credited Travis Kelsey with a haircut that Shannon Sharp's been getting since 1986. This is, lunacy and insanity. I, I, I'm gonna go f take a step forward and connect this to something I saw at the Grammys uh, last night. But before I do that, I wanna talk to you guys about another one of our great sponsors. Uh, I believe uh, Nugenics. Guys, are you the same guy you were 10 years ago? I'm not. One day you wake up and realize you didn't have the energy, the lean muscle mass, or the get up and go in the bedroom that you used to have. As we age, we lose testosterone. They call it the man hormone. I call it the fire. But there's a real solution. The powerful testosterone booster in Nugenics Total T. Talk about how it revived your energy and powered your workout. Put the old fire back in your bedroom. Your old self is back. You feel amazing. Nugenics Total T's Power Boost is backed by clinical studies and real science. Nugenics key ingredients like testophen have been shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. In other words, it's based in science and it works. Looking for the old confidence? Nugenics Total Tea can help re-energize your life and help you get back the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. 
If you're not totally satisfied, Nugenix will refund 100% of your purchase price, plus shipping and processing. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea when you text 231231, enter the keyword fearless, text now and get a bottle of Nugenix Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. Absolutely free. Text 231231, enter the keyword fearless. That's 231231, keyword fearless. Texting enrolls you in reoccurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. The number one doctor recommended brand by primary care physicians based on an independent survey conducted by the IQVIA 2022. I take this stuff myself, guys. It's been helping me in my journey. It has brought the fire back for me, it can do the same for you. I want to uh, circle back to something I saw last night at the Grammys. And, and th this is all part of the Black History Month myth mind virus that's promoted by the mainstream media and by the culture. And we've all adopted it. So Jay-Z last night is at the Grammys and he's getting some award, I think the global, the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award at the Grammys, and, and he uses it as an opportunity to complain. And, and let's play the clip and I'll explain after. No. I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys, Never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know. So that's in the middle of his acceptance speech. He, he's receiving an award. His daughter's on stage with him. His wife's in the audience. Jay-Z, according to all reports, is a billionaire. Jay-Z, according to his own narrative, was some poor guy dealing drugs in New York, in the hood, came from nothing, according to his narrative. Isn't he from Mercy Park or whatever? He, he is the American dream. The guy has been super wealthy since, what, age 22, 23? I, maybe even before then, maybe a little bit after, maybe it was 25. He's been a billionaire, it seems like, for the past 10 years. Someone who came, according to him, from absolutely nothing, is now a billionaire in America. He's married to one of the most beautiful women in America who's a pop star herself and has her own independent wealth. He's respected, D despite making music that can only be described as lyrical pornography. He's respected all across the globe but particularly here in America. The NFL is partnered with him. Major corporations are partnered with him. The establishment, Barack Obama references him, brings him to the White House. I'm sure Joe Biden would do the same. Jay-Z is the American dream. They give him an award at the Grammys. And his instinct is, hey, let me use this speech to complain about something that me and my wife didn't get. His wife has the most Grammys in history, according to Jay-Z, but she's never won album of the year. So let me use my acceptance speech to complain. I'm a victim. My wife is a victim. 
She's never received album of the year. This is the mindset that we've been given, that we've been programmed into. And again, on this show, we talk all the time about how we've moved away from a biblical worldview into a very secular worldview. And all of our idols have a very secular worldview. And so if you have a biblical worldview, if, if you're a legitimate, and I don't know, Jay-Z's, you know, I think he's part of that Aleister Crowley satanic cult. He's worn a t-shirt, do without wilt. He, he's, he's not with us. But if you're with Jay-Z, and if you're celebrating what he did last night, and if you think Jay-Z is a force for good and some kind of important symbol that needs to be protected, just know who you're supporting and just know what mindset you're supporting. Because if you claim to be a Christian, you know that gratitude is what you should be feeling every day you wake up. And when someone gives you an award and you're on stage and, and they're celebrating you, you should humble yourself. Oh, thank you. Oh, I really appreciate this. Oh, my God. I, I don't deserve. There's so many other great candidates. Uh, but, you know, me and my team, we work so hard and I got this great wife who supports me and I'm just really honored by this. Instead, he carves out time to bitch and complain about something his wife didn't get. There's no gratitude there. And that's the absence of God. That's the absence of a biblical worldview. That's the programming we've been given. I, 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 I wanna, oh, the other thing I wanna add to that is that he made these comments on a night when Taylor Swift just won her fourth album of the year Grammy. He, he's taking a swipe at Taylor Swift. He's over, at, at a time when he's receiving an award, he's overcome with jealousy because Taylor Swift is his wife's competition for the biggest pop star in America. And she right now is on fire. She's connected to an NFL star. She's connected to the NFL. She's just got her fourth album of the year. Her record sales are amazing. She's, you know, at the top of that satanic cult they got going on in the music industry in Hollywood. And Jay-Z's jealous. And perhaps Beyonce is too. He's taking a similar shot as when Kanye West ran on stage at the I think VMA, Music Middle Music Awards, or Video Music Awards, or whatever award show, and took the microphone from Taylor Swift. Th this, it, it reminds me of the conversation we had yesterday with Steve Kim and TJ Moe about the jealousy directed at Taylor Swift, similar to the jealousy directed at Caitlin Clark. I, I wanna make one final point before we transition into bringing Shamika into this conversation. And this is about Black History Month, or Black History Myth, as I'm calling it. And, and I am starting to believe that as it's now defined, Black History Month, or Black History, has been turned into a myth. It's a series of oppression stories. And 
it's such a powerful force and it's such a demonic force that it can take something like, and I'm going to give you this reference of a piece of history that we've seen distorted in real time. And, and this conversation's been coming up. I had Charlie Kirk on the show on Friday, and, and he's been taking some flack. He, he questioned uh, one of the Central Park Five guys, Youssef Salam, who's now a city councilman in New York. And, you know, Charlie justifiably was like, nah, Youssef, this whole exonerated, no, they're, their uh, crimes were vacated, their charges were vacated. They've never been exonerated. The, the, the guy that committed the rape confessed. I think his name's Martin Reyes or something, Martin Reyes or whatever. He confessed to the rape. And the DNA proves that he, he did the rape. He was a serial rapist. But the Central Park Five, it was never proven that they actually sexually penetrated the woman. What was proven was that they participated, played a role in the rape of the woman. That's what they went to jail for. And they went to jail for the various other crimes that they copped to on tape. That 30, 40 guys got gathered together that night and decided they were gonna go wilding in Central Park. And you could watch the videos, their own statements, their parents in the room, all this, it's a myth that these guys were coerced and beat up and forced to make these confessions. You can watch it, it's all on tape. You can watch it all. They confessed and their stories, they were in separate rooms and their stories matched up and they all told a consistent story about the roles they played in a lot of violent acts that went on that night in Central Park. But, but here's the thing that's amazing to me that no one talks about. The Central Park story is primarily about a young woman who was jogging in Central Park and was beaten up, dragged down, and sexually assaulted by Reyes and other people who did not penetrate her with their penis, but sexually assaulted her. The story, somehow, we've taken a story about that woman and turned it into a story about five guys who snitched on themselves on tape. You can go watch it. We've talked about this previously on the show. I've played you excerpts from the video uh, that uh, the guy, uh, Chi Brown from Consider the Culture, black dude, who put together a documentary that walks you through, like, now here's what really happened with the Central Park Five, and I'm gonna let the kids that did it tell the story in their own words and then walks you through all the evidence and, and but the media has somehow manipulated in, in the course of 20, 25 years, 30 years, they've turned the story completely upside down and no one knows, knows or cares anything about the victim. 
They turned that woman whose name right off the top of my head, even though I looked it up last night, I looked it up this morning. The woman's name doesn't pop to my head as I'm sitting here talking to you. But I looked it up, read about it several times. But that woman is basically Emmett Till. And so when I say Emmett Till, everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about in 1955. She's Emmett Till. And we've turned the Central Park Five into heroes, even though they were, in this analogy, the white men that brutalized and killed Emmett Till. Imagine if they were making movies and documentaries about the guys who brutalized and killed Emmett Till. And it wasn't an Emmett Till story, it was a story about two white guys, the white guys too. And that's how everybody, no one could call Emmett Till's name, but everybody can remember the people who were involved in harming Emmett Till. And if you go watch any of these guys in real time, back when this happened, snitch on themselves, explain exactly their roles in what happened to that woman and other people in the park that night. They were the wilding black KKK destroying people in Central Park and we've made them heroes. That's what a lot of this black history feels like. We've turned villains into heroes. We've told the stories and we've made perpetrators into victims. I think it was September 1, 2023, if you wanna go look it up, is I did an entire show on the Central Park Lie. Because remember, Ava DuVarnay came out with the Netflix documentary, When They See Us, it's a lie, it's a myth, it's turning history upside down, it's demonizing or erasing the victim and elevating the perpetrators and making them heroes to the point that they got $40 million out of New York City and one of these guys is now a city council member and his contribution to society was he was involved in the Central Park wilding episode and spent 20 some odd years in prison. That qualifies him to be on the city council in New York. And so when, when you watch this show and you watch us ask difficult questions about historical figures, historical events, and, and you wonder why there's virtually nothing I believe that has been reported in the mainstream. It's because in my lifetime, I watched them take the Central Park case, erase the victim, glorify the perpetrators. Incredible. Incredible. But when your whole mindset has been programmed 
to see yourself as a victim in every single situation. You can, you can become a billionaire in America, marry the most beautiful woman in America, get all the respect and power that America has to offer and get on stage and say, you know what? I'm mad. My wife ain't never been made album of the year. That's a group of dangerous people. People with that mindset are very dangerous. They have no respect for truth. They don't have an ounce of gratitude in them. They have a satanic worldview that I reject. That's all I, uh, well, it's not all I gotta say, because Shamika's gonna come on and join me here in a second, and we'll further the conversation. Uh, Shamika Michelle, next. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Warren Sapp, previously on Fearless. But I love you Kansas like City. Kansas City. Hey man, Greenlaw yeah. and Warner, they do an excellent job in the past game. You gotta cover Travis Kelsey. And the best throw of the ball we've ever seen. So now who you gotta get pressure on him, right? The best turn into throw the of the ball we've ever seen. Sap, I, I I can't go there. I can't, can't? go there. Not yet. Who you, who you no. going with? Who you going with? Uh, I mean, the best thrower of the football is Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Yep. Uh, I would figure you'd go there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's Dan, Dan Marino. But and, you know and, Dan. And then. <laughs> you know Dan Marino's rule. Pick uh, a guy and let it fly. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to introduce you to a new sponsor of our show, Cardio Miracle, a proprietary formula that supports heart health and improved immunity. I've been taking this product for the past few months and I'm a huge believer. The main ingredient in Cardio Miracle is nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is essential for life and is involved in many critical body functions, especially keeping arteries young and flexible. Heart disease remains the number one cause of death in the United States for men and women, according to the American Heart Association. Approximately every 40 seconds, someone in the United States will have a myocardial infarction. 
Nitric oxide helps keep blood pressure and cholesterol at healthy levels. It also supports anti-inflammatory response, natural energy, and a better recovery, and it promotes good sexual health. With over 50 ingredients, Cardio Miracle gives you a health boost in each delicious serving and fulfills almost every daily nutritional need. It is your one-stop wonder for your daily serving of cardio health. Support healthy blood flow. Deliver more vitamins, nutrients, and minerals to your entire body. Get started now for a healthier, happier you by visiting cardiomiracle.com fearless. Receive 10% off your first order, 15% if you choose to subscribe and save. They also offer a 60-day, no-risk, 100% money-back guarantee. That's cardiomiracle.com fearless. Comes with my strongest suggestion. I'm crushing this stuff. I love this stuff. It's making a difference with me, particularly as it relates to inflammation. I got my mother, I got my brother, I got everybody using Cardio Miracle and they all love it. It tastes good, it's good for you. Gentlemen, ladies, I'm telling you, get on this Cardio Miracle. You will love me, you will thank me for it. Cardiomiracle.com slash fearless. Love it. You'll love it too. All right, uh, let me uh, segue over to uh, Shamika Michelle, who's a cardio miracle herself. Uh, Shamika, <laughs> Black History Month, what do you think of my contention that it is more divisive than educational at this point? I agree with you, Jason, but I think it's because both sides, left and right, are not using the right wording in describing what needs to happen. What I think we should all be looking towards is evolution. It should be evolving. If in 1915, Carter G. Woodson started this to research and celebrate black Americans, and then it evolved into a Negro History Week and then officially declared Black History Month by Gerald Ford in 1976, we should have evolved by now from just one month to being included in just history period, American history. And so I think what everybody should be working towards is just having it included into American history, opposed to having the right saying, what are we doing? Or the left saying, you know, standing 10 toes down that we have to keep this, you know, we have to keep this month. We should be evolving because we've been stuck at a month for almost 50 years. And the truth is black history is part of American history. And if there's apprehension to evolve because, you know, you're afraid it won't be told right, then that's when we come in and you make sure history is being taught accurately across the board. So instead of us just fighting about it, we should be trying to evolve and make it just American history, period. I agree, but there's a dispute about history and what is the narrative arc. And, and so there would be people like me on one side like, hey, yeah, let's tell the celebratory history of black people's contributions to American greatness. And then the left, though, would say, no, uh, black history primarily is all the terrible things that happened to us in America. 
And so th that's where there's a disconnect. What is the point of this history? Is the point of the history to say, look how bad white people in America is? Or is the point of history to say, look how great black people have been in American greatness? That's where I feel like the rubber meets the road. And when I look across uh, social media or in any of these debates, I see a lot of finger wagging. I can't believe they doing this on the third day of Black History Month. We invented the fade haircut. Is I mean, what is history? Is it the fade haircut? Or I mean, I, I, I don't. That's the problem. Yeah. And I agree with you. We should be evolving, but I, I, people that don't share a a shared worldview, how, how can we evolve when? we seem to be at opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, I think we're going to get that just period. You know, even when we look at Nicole Hannah-Jones and her 1619 project, she has really painted it as if white people are just inherently evil and black people, you know, we seem to be inherently oppressed no matter what we do. So I think we're going to still have that argument, but I definitely think that it should not just be in, in one month that we actually acknowledge the accomplishments of black people. But I don't think we're going to get away from those who want to use it as a, a victim card. You know, just like you, you said about this whole fade, I think that's so silly because when I look at Travis Kelsey and his haircut, I don't even see the haircut that black men get because I don't see a black man. I see a white man that represents the haircut that white men have been getting for as long as I have been alive. So, you know, I think it's silly when they bring in these arguments saying, you know, black men had the fake, you know. It's not even the same. I don't even see it the same. I don't know why black men are feeling so offended and, you know, saying this is cultural appropriation. I don't see black when I look at Travis or his hair. There's no ways to me. There's no swag. You know, I don't understand why we look to white people as the supreme beings of earth, you know, and these are the same people that always cry white supremacy. Well, apparently you think white people are supreme because you constantly compare yourselves to them when you don't have to do that. You didn't have to come out and get upset that this haircut you've been getting Shannon Sharp since 1986. I don't even see it the same. And so I think you're going to have these people because this is where the money comes in for them. They love to play the victim card. They love to make it seem like we're oppressed. If you run in these circles, that's the constant conversation, which is why I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. It's a constant comparison and a constant we are less than what about white people? You know, instead of what about Brett Favre, it's always what about white people? And so, I, you know, I don't think we're going to get rid of those people that see themselves as less than, although they claim to be, you know, kings and queens and, you know, we were royalty in Africa and blah. You know, if you really thought that you wouldn't constantly look at the white man and see yourself as less than or see him as trying to hold you down. 
it's, it's foolishness and it really screams insecurity. As much as these people think they're secure and think they're superior and everyone wants to look like them, you know, they get uh, lip injections to be them and white women, you know, want to get butts to be them. They're really insecure because security is not as loud as these people are. So take Jamel Hill and help walk me through this as a black woman. There's a whole, Chris Rock did a whole movie about hair and all the money that black women will pour into straightening out, processing, coloring, perming, uh, <laughs> all the things they do to just quite frankly, make their hair more white. And somehow she can fix her lips and no, you know, she's buying weaves, she's doing every like, how do you, how, how do you do that and, and then complain and complain that, uh, yeah, this fade haircut, they stole that from us when that all of your looks are stolen from white women. Your, your beauty standards are defined by white women and, and you don't see white women running around. Well, they try to steal our look. They don't care and, and neither should we. And, and, you know, the fade haircut's not our look. But anyway, just, just as a black woman, walk me through how you get the audacity with all the stuff, the money we spend on hair. And again, you know, I've had some of my money caught up in getting somebody's hair done. And <laughs> just, anyway, help me out here, Shamika. You know, I think because black women are still comfortable with the lie that the white man doesn't want us to wear our natural hair, when in all actuality, the, the person that's the most critical of black hair is black women. That's why you see them willing to go bald as Jamel Hill is around the edges because they will continue to put everything in their hair except wear their hair the way that it grows out of their scalp from the chemical straightening to the, to the heavy braids to the weaves where the glue pulls out the edges. They hate their hair more than anybody on this earth yet in, in, Instead of just saying, hey, I was raised to not like my hair. I got to go through the transition. I got to learn to love it. They will point the finger at the white man when it's not even the white man. Most of the time, it's your, your, your mother and your grandmother and your aunties who did this to your hair before you even knew what your hair really looked like. So instead of constantly saying white people won't let me wear my hair in corporate America, which is a total lie, say that you aren't comfortable with it and you have to learn to love it because it's clear as day that you don't like it, which is why you're constantly trying to put somebody else's hair into your head. You rarely see them go out and say, hey, I want to go to the, you know, to Africa and pull their hair off or shave their hair and put that in my head so I can have this tightly coiled hair and rock. You rarely see that. Anytime you see them with these lace front wigs, most of the time it's silky, it's straight. It doesn't match 
you know, the, the carpet don't match the drapes. Um, and, and they are living a life of make believe. And so I don't understand why Jamil Hill has the, the nerve to say anything about anybody's hair, because even that blonde that she puts in her and Joy Reid, I don't even understand why other black women won't start saying that looks silly. Imagine if you came in here, Jason, with your hair blonde, straight, silky, rocking the Donald Trump. We would laugh at you because that's not your hair. Yet as black women, we'll sit there and say, yes, queen, go girl, you look good. When most of the time they look ridiculous and they're going through all of this going bald because they don't like themselves. And instead of just being honest, it's your fault as a black man, it's white women's fault, it's white men's fault, never black women's fault because, you know, black women don't like to take accountability. What did you think of uh, Jay-Z at the Grammys last night, receiving an award, uh, complaining about what Beyonce has not gotten. I, I thought it was odd and inappropriate, but your thoughts. You know, I think Jay-Z got confused. You know, he knows as a man he's supposed, supposed to protect and provide, not be petty. He got his peas mixed up because that was just petty. Now, there could be an argument made that Beyonce, if, you know, the Internet is right, has sold more albums worldwide than Taylor Swift. But as he said himself, it's subjective when it comes to, you know, what someone considers album of the year. And I just feel like it was a dig to her the same way Kanye um, did in, in two. 2009. And why? For what? Beyonce has 37 Grammys, I think it is. Do you know how many struggling artists are out here that would just love to hear their song heard and love to get one Grammy? This woman has 37 Grammys. They are, she's a millionaire. He's a billionaire. What is the point? You know, what's the what's the reason for getting on a national stage and whining as if you're still in Marcy Projects when you aren't? You know, I just think it was really silly. It was petty. And it, they almost look him and Kanye look like uh, Beyonce's bitch. Like, is she sending y'all to do her dirty work? Is she saying, you know, hey, I need you all to esteem me because I haven't won this or that? Stop doing that. If she doesn't speak out or have anything to say, let it go. But for them to take the time to try and do a, a swipe or at Taylor Swift, it's just silly to me. You know, let her have her awards. If they chose her, they chose her. These are the same people that will say, you know, Emmy's so, so white or Oscar's so white. We need to have our own shows. We need to do this. We need to do that. But then you still go to these shows and then whine and complain. What's the point? You know, Jay-Z, you're a billionaire. If you want something to, for your wife to get album of the year, start it yourself. You have the money. Do what you need to do so that you can give your wife album of the year. Outside of that, we don't want to hear it. That's that's rich people arguments. You know, a struggling artist don't care. It, to me, it's just like no matter what you get, 
it's never enough. And so you got the world, you got the record for most Grammys, but you know what? I never got album of the year. Uh, it, it just seems crazy to me and just the, the lack of gratitude and just, I, I, I don't get it. I just don't, how much more respect has to be poured on to a guy that, you know, curses and says the N word on records. I, you know, I, we've just lowered the bar so much that it's, it's beyond recognition. I, I want to move on to uh, Killer Mike uh, got cuffed up. The rapper Killer Mike, who's 48 years old and still allowing people to call him Killer Mike, but it is what it is. Uh, Killer Mike, uh, I don't know if we pulled this clip, but I think we got the clip of him. Do, do we have Killer Mike on Bill Maher's show? Do, do, we, do we have that? Yes? Let's start there. Let's start. I want to show you Killer Mike on Bill Maher's show refusing to say he's going to vote for Joe Biden. Play that clip. But you can't get yourself to say vote for Biden over Trump? You, you want me to list it now, so now, now I'm, we I'm gotta, just saying that- Can, that, can he get himself to apologize for the crime bill? Can he get, can he get himself oh, to get his head out of his oh. ass and say, black people, you, you are black regardless, I need you to tell me what I need to do? Can he pick a coalition of former people who are affected by drug laws, street gangs, recidivism and crime and say, I need you as a board to advise me how to fix federal prisons? If he can do that, absolutely I can, so my challenge is out there. All right. Uh, so, a few days after not giving a full-throated endorsement of Joe Biden, uh, Killer Mike goes to the Grammy Awards, wins three awards, and gets cuffed and escorted out of the building. I think we have, let's, I think we got his speech and arrest. Let's play that. me it's too late you can't tell me dreams come true it is a sweet it is a sweet it is a sweet so he wins three grammys celebrates wildly and allegedly i think gets in a conflict with maybe a security guard or something, and gets escorted out in cuffs. Uh, do you think any of this is connected to what he said on Bill Maher? It, it, it seems fascinating that Will Smith walked on stage, slapped Chris Rock, went back to his seat, enjoyed the Academy Awards, came up, gave a speech <laughs> after slapping, never put in cuffs, never charged with anything, but Killer Mike uh, cuffed and escorted out of the building. This is wild. It's crazy. And when you bring up the whole Will Smith incident, it's even crazier because I was reading that it didn't 
they gave a different address, not actually where the Grammys were. And they're saying it's misdemeanor battery. So, yes, why why did this have to go down here? And that Bill Maher clip is after he said people should be picking policies, not really the person or the personality. And it was like Bill Maher kept pressing him to actually say Biden, 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 and he refused. So I do think, I mean, it looks very suspicious that it was calculated because we know that Biden is going after all of his enemies. I think that's why Tara Reid is uh, in Russia right now, the one that claimed that Joe Biden raped her because she's having to kind of be on the run from the Biden administration. It seems that everyone that they feel is against them they're going after in some way. Now, granted, whatever he did, you know, I guess he he shouldn't have done that would have started all of this. But it just seems pretty strange when you think about what Will Smith was able to do and still accept his award and enjoy the rest of the program and and Killer Mike wasn't able to do that. And I'm I'm hoping now that he is 48, Killer means like killer on record, you know, killing those bars, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he would say it always means. But, you know, you think at some point you figure out, no, I really don't want to be known as a killer. I'd, I'd rather be known <laughs> as smart or, I don't know, good dad, something. But anyway, uh, Killer Mike, uh, as, as I almost, <laughs> you know what, Shamika, I'm going to keep it real. I almost called you this morning. And, and was going to plant something on you. I said, nah, be real about it. If, if, if E. Michael Jones were watching the Grammys uh, last night, he would have said Killer Mike had his put your chain on N-word moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what they were telling him. <laughs> yes, I was that's have exactly say what that, it was. Yeah, I'm going to keep it real and, and still E. Michael Jones is lying for myself. Uh, Shamika, thank you. Great job. We'll see you later this week. Uh, that's it, and that's all for us. Uh, we'll play tomorrow, and we'll see you tomorrow. Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in life like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom No negotiation, my system, no relation We all just wanna have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving, no deceiving We all wanna be free We want freedom I just want, I wanna be I just 